If you're looking to grow a wildly profitable travel business that brings you joy, you'll need a consistent stream of new clients because living client to client is like living paycheck to paycheck. I'm your host, Sandra McLemore, wife, mother, travel TV host, and very successful business owner. But my story didn't start out that way. You see, I had just quit my job in corporate America with no backup plan and no new job. I thought that an entrepreneur was a rich person with a new idea, and I certainly wasn't rich. Little did I know, I was about to take $40 out of my pocket, plant it with some coffee and confidence, and grow it into a seven-figure business. In this podcast, I'll share with you every single problem and solution that has crossed my desk. You'll learn tactics and strategies that you can implement into your business today. I'm about to help you start and scale the travel business of your dreams. Welcome to the Travel Marketing and Media Podcast. So here we are, my very first podcast episode. I don't know, I feel like I was going to be sitting in front of a fancy microphone with big earphones on, all kinds of fancy podcast equipment, and I'd look amazing. Nope, I'm in my closet, in my pajamas, on the floor, super nervous, but really excited. Because guys, it has been a long time coming. I have wanted to have a podcast for so long, but I didn't want to have a podcast just for the sake of it. I know that your time is precious. It's really valuable. You don't have enough of it. And the last thing I wanted to do was to have a podcast that wasted your time or didn't really help you. Listen, I am here to entertain you. But more importantly, I'm here to help you to get a consistent stream of new clients for your travel business. So what better way to start off this podcast series than with my Genesis story? So this episode is the story of how I came to be what I was to who I am now. I think it's really important that you understand my background, that you know where I came from, because at no stage do I ever want you to look at what I do or what I'm teaching you to do or coaching you with to seem simple and easy. I never want you to look at what I do and say, well, oh, that's easy for her to say, because you and I are more alike than you think. Wind back the clock to 1998. It was the year that it was still barely, barely still fashionable to straighten my bangs and leave the rest of my hair curly. It was the year that it was still barely cool to wear white socks with black shoes and coveralls. There are a lot of things going on in the late 90s that probably should have stayed in the 80s. But one of my favorite memories from the late 90s was the beginning of my career. The career that, in essence, I still have today. You see, in 1998, on December 9th, I started my first real job. Now, I'd had a couple of jobs when I was at high school. I think my first job, if I remember correctly, was babysitting. My next job was working at Payless Shoes. So nasty. Not the company, the feet. I had another job working in a clothing store for older women. Well, at the time, I thought really old women. Turns out their target demographic is 40s, just my young self (laughs) thinking that way. Oh, and then I had another job in a bank where I worked as a cashier during college. So this job moving into the travel industry really was my first real professional job that I was actually going to stick with. It was also my first full-time job. And it was as a travel advisor or travel consultant at STA Travel. Now, if you've been in the industry for a minute, you'll remember that they were a student travel organization and specialized in helping people up to the age of 26 travel 
but then of course expanded out into family travel and all kinds of corporate and multi-gen and adventure travel. So I got my job. I started in a bricks and mortar agency on the campus of my actual university. So I would go to class, go to work, go to work, go to class. And I literally worked full time and studied full time. Now, I lied to get that job. I'm not proud of it. But at the time that I took that job, I think that I'd been to maybe seven or eight different countries. But I really couldn't understand how that was going to hold me back. I really didn't understand why I needed to have been to all of these other countries to sell them. Surely there was a way around that. So I did what every stupid 18-year-old would do, and I lied in my job interview. I told the branch manager and the HR manager that I had been to over 35 countries. Oh, yes, my parents traveled all the time with us when we were kids. Well, they did, but my parents were also not rich when we were children, and so our vacations were not skiing in the Swiss Alps or traveling in the Thai Islands. No, they were much different to that. But I took my seven countries, took my confidence, and I ran with it. Now, they gave me the job. Whether or not they believed it or not, who knows? And in other episodes in this podcast, I'll tell you about some of the really great lessons that I learned working in a bricks and mortar. We'll talk about whether or not working in a bricks and mortar for those of you who are just starting out with no experience is a good idea or not. And I have some really funny stories, especially when it comes into sales and marketing. So from being a travel advisor, I was then having my eye on moving to the UK. Now, at the time, I had an Australian passport and there were a ton of work holiday programs that you could do if you were under the age of 30. So it was between Australia and the UK. There is obviously a very long history there. They're part of the Commonwealth. They're family countries. And so it was very easy for us to move in between. I put my butt on a plane. And honestly, like now that I look back, I'm surprised that I wasn't human trafficked. I take that very seriously and I'm not joking about it in any way. But I moved from Australia to the UK with $326 in my pocket. No clue what I was going to do, but I had my bestie in the seat next to me on the plane and I'd convinced SDA Travel to give me a job in London. So I turn up in London and they say, yep, not a problem. We can give you a job right here in our head office. You're going to be working in the help desk department. You'll be sitting between product to negotiate everything from airfares to tour operators and marketing on the other side. They do everything from our sexy campaigns with Richard Branson and Kylie Minogue through to all of the graphic design and website no social media at that time. Remember, we're still in the 90s. So I thought, wow, in between product and marketing? Well, I didn't realize that I was going to be sitting at the help desk, helping travelers stranded all over the world, travelers from the UK, get back home or continue on their trip. So I would field with one other person, all of the phone calls for the UK help desk. And we would help, oh my gosh, the stories I could tell. I remember one guy who was arrested at a full moon party in Thailand and he used his one phone call to call the help desk. Why? He knew his parents were going to have a fit. So he called us to get help. Not a lot we could do, but that's a different story for a different day. I remember one girl who was traveling in Australia and she buried all of her belongings in the sand to go into the ocean. Smart, right? (laughs) Not so much. She called to let us know that she had lost her passport, her cash, her airline tickets, and her bank cards. Crazy. And on a very serious and solemn note, I was also sat there when 9-11 happened. So that involved helping to move 
uh, find first a lot of British travelers and then move them around, get them reconnected with their family members. So in that job at STA Travel in their head office, I was able to move up, move around and get a ton of experience from a retail travel perspective. So like I said, everything from negotiating airfares with tour operators through to the marketing of the products. I also got to work in a lot of the stores to go out into the branches and to train them to help travel advisors to sell in the stores. Actually, if you think about it, I was doing this, helping travel advisors sell more way back in 2001. So I helped to implement new technology. I helped to implement the sale of package holidays back then. And that meant not only pulling together the right tech for the travel advisors and then sending it out to all of the agencies in the UK, but it also meant traveling to them and training them. I helped them back then sell more travel. Now, from STA Travel, I was able to travel in the UK. I was able to travel to lots of STA Travel offices around the world. So I really got a good understanding of how travel advisors sold in different countries. Very different STA Travel partner in Kenya to maybe in Milan. Milan was very different to Tennessee than it was to Thailand. From STA Travel, I decided to get my feet wet and go into the cruise industry. Cruising wasn't such a big deal then, but it was on my radar. Not a lot of UK travel advisors were selling it, but like I said, on my radar and I was cruise curious. So before I could get a job on a cruise ship, I thought, let me go to Europe first and do something fun. I decided to sign up and go and work in the hotel industry. So I took my butt all the way to Clumbuckland, Wales, and I lived on Lake Burnwee in a hotel. And I learned everything from working in the restaurant, the dining room, the bar, reception. And I really got a good understanding of hotel operations. Now, after that, I went ahead and worked in an airline loyalty program. Yeah, I know. This is like a slumdog millionaire career. We're not even halfway there. But I have to tell you, this is what makes my story and my background so interesting and helpful to you. So bear with me on this. I went to an airline loyalty program and I helped them to pull together one of the most famous airline loyalty programs that we have on the market today and to figure out the benefits and the perks for each level of membership. Now, eventually I got my job in the cruise line industry and I have to say, I'm pretty sure they hired me because I was a travel advisor before, I'd worked in the hotel industry and I had airline loyalty program experience. Pretty well-rounded at the age of 22 or 23 there. The cruise line industry, oh my goodness. I swear I think my parents and all of my family thought that I was on an extended vacation. They would always say to me, how's your vacation? And I try to tell them, it's not a vacation, it's a job. And if you have ever worked on a cruise ship before, you'll know that starting off as third purser, guest relations, is no dream vacation. I dealt with everything from angry guests to lost luggage to missing Christmas decorations, missing children, missing hamburgers from room service, any kind of problem that a guest could have on board, I had to deal with it. I worked my way up in the cruise line industry and I eventually worked my way into a senior three-striped officer position on board. Now, my job on board was the marketing and revenue manager. And that job was responsible for overseeing all of the revenue on board every single day. So it was my responsibility to make sure that the casino, the spa, the shore excursions, the bar, the specialty dining, the, uh, oh gosh, even the sports department, bingo, the cruise department, the shops on board, the art auctioneer, the port and shopping guide, 
everywhere that you could possibly swipe a card. Guys, even the front desk, they were selling stuff. It was my responsibility to make sure that every cruise, whether it was a three and four day cruise or a 10 day cruise or a 14 day cruise, it was my job to make sure that they always made Target. And this was really the beginning of my experience and uh, a period of time where I had to think quick on my feet. Now, I obviously did a pretty good job because before I knew it, I had been promoted to what they call a traveling position. That's where instead of being responsible for one ship, I was responsible for the entire fleet and I only worked with two other people. So now all of a sudden, instead of being responsible for one ship making target every cruise, I was responsible for an entire fleet. When the Mariner of the Seas, yeah, Royal Caribbean, you know it, when the Mariner of the Seas had a casino win for $2.1 million on a VIP Baccarat table, that kind of ruined my day. When a shore excursions department tripled their sales on a transatlantic and then their first few cruises in Europe and then went on to have an incredible season, that made my day. But we weren't looking season to season. We were looking day to day and cruise to cruise. So I really got very good at being able to look at the numbers and figure out the problem. Have you ever watched an episode of The Good Doctor? I'll talk about more of this in another episode. Do you remember the scenes? And I I even think that Doogie Howser used to do this, where they would close their eyes and they would visualize all of the moving parts of the body and the surgery. And if I do this, this will happen. If I do that, this will happen. That's how my brain works when it comes to marketing and revenue. And on the cruise ships, oh my gosh, did I get an opportunity to work that skill set and work that talent into something that I did not know was going to serve me later in life. So I would close my eyes and I would say to myself, how on earth are we going to increase the number of people in the casino every night on this ship and then duplicate that on 24 other ships? Guys, I would close my eyes and I would say, what if we moved the showtime back? What if we didn't have first showtime and we pushed it back and the first showtime was 8.30? What if we took the second showtime and instead of 8.30, it was 10 o'clock? What if we opened a revenue window, a period of time that was too short to go back to your room and change and relax, but it was too long to wait in the dining room or sit in the theater waiting for the show to start? What if it was the perfect amount of time for you to wander the shops? What if a really fun $5 low level just for fun casino tournament started. Well, those kinds of ideas and that kind of thinking was such a phenomenal experience for me because I was able to implement those changes. Right then and there, I'd go and see the hotel director, my friend, the cruise director. I'd sit down with my team. Sometimes we'd pull in the captain and the staff captain. And I'd say, guys, this is what we need to do. We're going to try this tonight. And as I love Every morning, we had a way to measure if what we did the night before worked. And if it did, we'd change it for the rest of the cruise. We'd reprint that cruise compass. We'd move things around. We'd change the signs on the ship, change the elevator signs, and off we'd go. We'd do it again. And then the next day, shore excursions would come and they would say, ma'am, we're not selling our cruises that well, our shore excursions that well, this cruise. We need to do something different. And I would think to myself, hmm, what if I made a little two-minute thing to camera. And I jumped on the in-stateroom television and I talked about the three best tours that you could experience in St. Petersburg. 
So here is St. Petersburg. If you have never been before, I recommend this tour, this tour, this tour. Here is St. Petersburg. If you have limited mobility, this tour, this tour, this tour. And here's St. Petersburg. If you've done the basics, if you've done the standard things and you want to do something off the beaten track, maybe an overnight to Moscow. So I put on a little makeup, fix my hair up. Listen, that's all you got when you're in a uniform. And I called the broadcast manager and I said, hey, I want you to put me on the TV. This was the beginning of what I did not ever realize was going to be an actual career in television. I know you're loving this podcast episode, and I'd really like to help you a little more to grow your travel business. Head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash smart tools for a list of my favorite productivity and creativity tools. I've listed out my favorite websites, apps, quizzes, cheat sheets, and resources. I have used every single one of them, and I know they're going to help you as you move closer to your goals. So whether you need to hire an extra set of hands or grab a checklist to keep you moving, I've got you covered. That's travelmarketingandmedia.com slash smart tools. Let's get back to the podcast episode. That's how my travel TV day started. And the first time we put it on television, we came back the next day. They had done five times the standard revenue in St. Petersburg for sales that cruise. Now, not only did they sell more sure excursions, but they also had people cancel their existing excursions and switch to a higher yield shore excursion. Because yes, my friend, I did that. Of course I did that. I went through and I looked at the tours that I was going to recommend, the three, six, nine tours I was going to recommend. And I made sure that they were the highest yield tours that we could so that we could maximize our profit margin on board. And that would help the shore excursions department get to where they are. It's no surprise that I ended up shooting 140 ports in a studio, best shore excursions in each one. And it played for many years on every Royal Caribbean ship around the world because it worked. You can see that my time on cruise lines probably was very, very instrumental in me getting to where I am now. But my story doesn't stop there. There was one more role that is probably, I don't know, I'm smiling right now talking to you, but I don't want to cry. It was probably the most difficult and challenging role that I've ever had. And now in hindsight, probably one of the saddest but fondest memories I ever had. As you know, I was filming all of these what you should do in port videos, what shore excursions, what shopping you should do, everything. And I was doing this for the entire of the cruise line. Well, it was playing on board and I think I might have been, that's right, I was in Italy and I was on board. It was Brilliance of the Seas. And a woman came up to me and she said, hi, you're Sandra Cottom. That's my maiden name, by the way. And I said, yes, ma'am. How can I help you? She said, you're also the Sandra that's on the television in the staterooms, but you look a little different. You're not in a uniform there. And I laughed and I said, yes, yes, yes. I said, I'm actually a three-striped officer on board and I work under the hotel director and the captain and look after a certain part of the ship. In fact, it was the second biggest department on board. And she said, that's lovely. Congratulations. Not interested in any of that. I'm interested in the fact that when you were describing all of the things to see and do on this cruise itinerary, that your Italian pronunciation and your understanding of the Italian cities and culture was really good. And I can't help but wonder, do you speak Italian? And I said, well, funny that, because in between this crazy job and that crazy job, and she was like, do you speak Italian? Yes, ma'am, I do. (laughs) 
I traveled there, lived there, worked there and did some schooling there. So yes, I do. How can I help you? She said, well, you're super cute on camera and you speak really good Italian. And my name is Elizabeth and we're from the Travel Channel. And we are here filming on board. We're filming two families. Well, actually a trio of three girlfriends and a family called coincidentally the Partridge family. And we were wondering if you would like to come out with us in Venice tomorrow and assist us on our shoot. And I said, absolutely. I would love to do that. What a fun thing to do, something different in Venice. So the next day I did my work really early in the morning and I got off the ship at, I think it was like 9am and I got on the water taxi that we had and I went with them to do their shoot. Now, while we were out and about, I was talking to the producer and the executive producer and I was explaining oh, you might not know this, but this is a really cool fact, I told them. If you ever get lost in Venice, you can always look up and on the wall above our human height, you just look up, you'll always see a sign and it says to the Rialto Bridge or to San Marco Square. And that will always tell you which way to get to either or because they're kind of on opposite sides of that area, that main area of downtown in that part of Venice. So you'll never really get lost. You don't even really need to have a map. If you're just wondering, you can continue wondering because you'll always find your way back to either one of those. Isn't that cool? And the producer looked at me and he said, can I put a microphone on you? I would love for you to join these three women and be part of their group. We're going to say that you're from the cruise line in the show. And we're going to say that you accompanied them out to get a real taste of Venice through the eyes of someone who knew it inside out a travel industry expert. And I said, well, okay, but I've never done acting before. And they said, Sandra, this is not acting. This is Travel Channel. Now, I'll talk about it in another episode, but that was the beginning of my relationship with the Travel Channel. I later went on to be mentored by the incredible Anthony Bourdain and spent many years of my career working with him, traveling with him and learning from him. And it very much taught me to be the woman that I am, the professional that I am on camera now. And in a different episode, I will fast forward and tell you how it is that I went from that experience to now being on everything from ABC to CBS to Fox on the evening news programs, on the morning shows, on talk shows. I'll explain that to you in another episode. I went back to my job in the cruise lines that evening and I thought, gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful? But it wasn't in the cards for me. I didn't know at that time, this is before I went and partnered with Travel Channel. I didn't know at that time that that was even possible. I thought that was the kind of stuff that happened to children of celebrities, you know, or people who knew celebrities. I thought that was a who you know, not how good you are kind of situation. And I certainly did not believe that I looked physically like I should be on television. Again, another episode. I think that episode will be called How I Lost 140 Pounds and Found a Confidence. It was how Sandra got her groove back. Or maybe not back because I never had it. But anyway, yeah, another episode. So I went back to the cruise line. I kept working. I did great work there. And something political happened. It wasn't a Royal Caribbean thing. Don't worry about that. I love my family at Royal Caribbean. I'll always be loyal to them. But somebody came in into a role that was a new role and it was directly above me. Now, I loved the boss that I had. I loved the boss's boss and the boss's boss of the boss's boss, all the way up to Michael Bailey and Richard Fain. I loved working with my team. But this boss came in right above me. And now I can truly look back and say, she was there to teach me a lesson and 
put me exactly where I needed to be. We did not get along. I found her really difficult to work with. And one day I called, he was my boyfriend at the time. You all know now him to be my husband. I called Anthony and I said, Anthony, I can't work with her anymore. And he said, just quit. I said, you know what? You're right. You're right. I can find something better where I'll be happier. And he said, yeah, just do it. Two hours later, I called him back and I said, Anthony, I did it. I quit. Now, the silence that he gave me, I now understand to be, I actually meant quit when you had another job to go to, but okay, I'm going to help you out. Now, at the time, I had a visa that allowed me to come in and out of the States and work for in very specific jobs. I did not have a visa just to wander around in the US. And here I had this love, this new love. We'd just been dating for, gosh, I can't even remember. It was, it was maybe a year at the time. Not having a visa meant that I could not get a job in the US. I could not start a business in the US. So we sat down, we thought about it. And listen, within a couple of months, not because of that, but probably expedited by that, we got married and I applied for my green card. It's a long process. Again, another episode for a podcast. And trust me, this is the longest episode that you'll ever have because the Genesis story is kind of complex, but I thought it was really important for you to know it. While I was waiting for my green card, I had five months that I could not get a job. I could not leave the country. How do you tell somebody who has spent their entire life in the travel industry that they can't leave the country? How do you tell someone who had over a decade of cruise line experience that they could not walk up a gangway? And how do you tell someone who, although I had a savings, how do you tell anyone that they cannot work? But listen, those are the rules and I wasn't about to break them. I sat down and I thought, well, let me just try and make a couple of dollars. Let me see if I can figure out how to start a business because I'm seeing people doing it. Like I'm meeting people. It's Los Angeles. I'm meeting people who run their own business. It's kind of the land of like, it's Hollywood, you know, like I didn't know if it was real or not, but I was seeing people saying they were doing it. So I thought, let me take this five months and let me do some research, figure it out, set it up. And then as soon as I get my green card, I will start selling. With $40 in my back pocket, I bought a domain. I bought a domain that was villagegirlmarketing.com. It later turned into travelmarketingandmedia.com. That was $12. I then took the rest of the money and I paid for one month of hosting on my DIY website. I got a phone call that week from an old colleague who offered me an opportunity to be in front of what would turn out to be my ideal client in a business that I didn't know I was going to have and a business that I didn't plan. And guys, from $40 to millions of dollars in revenue, here we are in my closet on the floor for this first podcast episode that I said, it's got to be under 30 minutes, the first one. And it is. We're sitting on 26 minutes and 11 seconds. And that, my friends, is my career story. That is my Genesis story. You can see in there that no, there were no great entrepreneurs that helped me pave the way. There was no big amount of trust fund that helped me pay for everything. It was me, a lot of coffee, a bit of confidence, and $40 in my back pocket that got me to where I am. And as I always say in the podcast intro, this episode, this podcast, this entire series is every challenge, opportunity, and lesson that I have learned in my business. I'm going to share with you everything that I did. It's like a backstage pass to the beginning of my business to now. 
And I'm going to do this. I'm going to share every framework and formula and experience in the hope that whatever I did, you can do your version of it. Whether you copy it tactic for tactic or whether you just take an uh, the overall strategy and do it. Listen, we all believe that we can't do many things. We just cannot do them. But what if we reframed that? And what if we said, we just don't know yet. That 18-year-old girl starting in a travel agency, she didn't know yet what was ahead of her. That girl who jumped into the airline loyalty program, never having worked at an airline, she didn't know she was going to nail that job and win awards for it. That girl who walked up the gangway on a cruise ship to be a purser and have days off in port around the world, she didn't know she would become a three-striped officer or a senior leadership position in the biggest cruise line in the world. And this girl sitting on my closet floor in my pajamas and a ponytail with no makeup in the morning did not know that I could or would end up here with you. I hope that you love on all of the podcasts in this series. They're going to be short, bite-sized podcasts so that you can binge listen to them. And of course, there is always a way that you can work with me, follow up with me, or ask me questions. And I will share that at the end of every episode. So friends, I will see you in the next episode. If this podcast episode resonated with you and you'd like to hear more, head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash podcast to get notified about new episodes and also listen to any that you may have missed. And if you'd like to ask a question about this episode, you can send it there for me to answer on a live Q&A. We'll see you in the next episode.